0: Betty, because I'm going to talk about her today. Y'all going to feel me. Y'all going to feel me, because I'm, I'm about to talk about Mama Betty today. I started to title this message, That's Good, John, but I decided not to. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to go that far, but listen, if you guys were back in the phase one days, and you guys know Mama Betty when she was running around here large and in charge, you would know she was here during the worship, and the, during the praise and the worship. Hallelujah hallelujah you guys know it. I think little John went to our church for a little while because you know what he did the yeah okay he got that from her he sat in on a couple of our services and he was like you know what I feel like I can market this and he did but he didn't come back to say thank you but I am so thankful for that vocal woman of God that gave little John may put him on the on the map You know, James 5 and 16 says, confess your faults one to another and you will be healed. I need some healing today. And I just want to let you guys know that when we first started the ministry, my mama would get on my last dangling by a string nerve. Like I'd say like, mom, seriously, like, do you have to be like that loud? Like you got to be a 10. You can't just bring it to a five. I mean, every service you got to like yell and just act the fool, like the whole service. Like, seriously, like, it's that serious to you. And, you know, and like I said, I'm, confess your faults one to another. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm confessing. I'm getting some things off my chest here because I need some healing. And like clockwork, each time she's like, ain't no rocks crying out for me. She say, you know, my God's been too good for me to sit on his praise. Do you know where he's brought me from? And I'm telling you, every time I brought it up, it was like poking an angry bear that was just waiting To defend her praise because I believe she knew that a lot of people didn't understand her praise because maybe people didn't know where she's come from but you know when you've been a place you come back a little bit different never forget that people are a privilege they're never a promise people are a privilege whether it's your mama who is getting on your last dangling nerve she is a privilege she's not a promise God says, I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. I'll never forsake you and never, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But your mama, she may not be with you always. Your dad, she may not be with you always. Your grandmother, she may not be with you always. People are a privilege. Never forget and never ignore or dismiss the privilege that you have in your life. So I'm so thankful for all of you that get to enjoy and bless and love on your mamas today. Please, please, please bathe and bask in that privilege today. You know, at the time when I was complaining about Mama Betty and her loud, obnoxious praise, I didn't know uh, Jesus the way that she knew Jesus. You know, I didn't share some of the same experiences that she shared with him. I respected
1: her Jesus.
0: I respected her God, especially when she dragged me to church every Sunday, every Wednesday for Bible study, every prayer meeting where they want to pray for everybody and the ants and the roaches and the spiders and the... (laughs) And the napkins. Lord, please help us get the napkins. I mean, like, I was there, and I respected their God, but I didn't know their God. Do you get what I'm saying? There's so many times we hear stories about being dragged to church with mama, being dragged to church with grandma, and we're like, why? And I think back to those days, and some of the reasons why we react the way that we do is because we don't know the Lord the way that they do. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. And you know what that snare is? I believe that snare is a snare for our praise. I was creating a snare. I was creating a trap for her praise. But every time I brought it up to her, she'd be like, you ain't catching me. Hallelujah. Ha. Yeah! Every Sunday, I'm like, she ain't even brought it down two decimals. I think she got louder. She knew. She's like, you ain't, you ain't going to capture or, 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 or trap my praise. My praise belongs to the Lord and not to you. I don't care how much it disturbs those stagnant Christians. Last week, Pastor John preached a great message. When he started off the message, he talked about, he said, and then worship happens. Trials and tribulations Hills, mountains, and valleys, low places, dark places, pits, and all kinds of things that you don't want to get uh, entangled with. And then then pastor said, and then worship happens. And when he said that, I wrote this down because I knew I wanted to share this today. When he said that, it made me think of Paul and Silas in the prison. The Bible says that everybody was chained. Everybody was chained. They was chained, everybody was chained. And not like somebody was like less chained. Everybody was chained. They all had the same problem. They all, they all had the same uh, inconvenience. And then worship happens. That's what I saw when Pastor John said that. He said, it's, it's, like, it's like everybody is in this toil of 2020 and everybody got a sad song. Everybody got something that happened to them. Everybody's mad or offended about something or somebody. And then worship happens. And then all of a sudden, you become free. And not only are you become free, but you, you, get, you get people free around you. Why? Because and then worship happens. I saw it in the spirit as he said it. It's like, it's something about when somebody will get up off of their praise and praise their God and not allow the fear of man to become a snare or trap for their praise. And then worship happens. And then after worship happens, here comes freedom. And then after freedom happens, here comes healing. And after healing comes, here comes restoration. And then worship happens. And I saw my mom sitting in the pew saying, hallelujah. I saw her, I knew, I knew she was full of pain. I knew she was barely able to breathe, but she'd say, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. But she's saying it as if, like, somebody was, like, grading her. I mean, like, she didn't just do the, hallelujah, because I'm, we breathe. No, she like, hallelujah. It was like from the depths of her soul. And then all of a sudden it's like she walked out of church better than she walked into church because when she walked in, she was bound and chained to her illness and her disease. But when she lifted up off of a couple of hallelujah, all of a sudden the chains begin to fall. Then comes freedom. Then comes healing. Then comes restoration because the fear of man will not be a snare for her praise. Hallelujah. I wish I knew then what I know now. Because if I had, I probably would have went back with her and be like, come on girl, hallelujah. Hallelujah. pastor john talked about and then worship happened and then he talked about the story of peter and i like the fact that we're talking about familiar stories today because i don't have to be like turn your bibles let me tell you about the story no y'all y'all all 'all all know about it if you don't know about it come see me after service boo boo like you need to catch up so then pastor john talked about peter and when he stepped out the boat do you know everybody was in the boat because if you miss it you'll kind of feel like it's just peter in the boat they all was in the boat they all was being rocked and moved and, 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 and thrown here to there in the boat. They were all there. They were all afraid. But Peter saw Jesus. And then all of a sudden, something in him says, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. Why didn't everybody else say that? So the invitation was gave, given to Peter. It wasn't given to everybody. See, And then worship happens, and then worship happens, and then worship happens. Everybody probably saw some image on the sea, but everybody didn't ask the Lord, is that you? and then worship happens and then worship happens and then worship happens see 2020 everybody was rocked by covid everybody was rocked by illness everybody was rocked by fear everybody saw something they didn't know exactly what it is but peter said lord if that be you bid me to come mm, and then worship happens and then worship happens and then worship happens and then what happens jesus said because you saw me i'm going to invite you to come to a place where everybody else is not take going you know why because when worship happens because worship happens because worship happens and then peter i mean god invited jesus invited jesus out onto the water and he began to do things the other the other disciples didn't do why because they saw he sought jesus in the unfamiliar and he decided to worship jesus god if that be you i want to be where you are aren't we talking about worship that's what we do when we worship we say god wherever you are there i want to be also be caught up with wherever you are God I don't care what it looks like here I don't care what it feels like here I don't care what they're saying God if you be there bid me to come let me come and visit you in worship and then worship happens and then worship happens and then worship happens pastor said and then Peter stepped out on the boat and he began to do things that other people just didn't do to this day is famous I don't know about you but when I was a baby Christian I tried it because Jesus said greater way works so you do soft like Jesus let me run and I tried it and it didn't work I don't know why I don't have all the answers here today guys I'm not here to answer all your questions I don't know why I sank but Peter began to walk on the water and he saw Jesus in ways that the other disciples didn't see him because he was caught up in worship Maybe the other disciples like, fool, don't get out there. Fool, you crazy. Come back. He didn't even hear him. Why? Because worship was happening. He was caught up. See, when you worship the Lord, all of a sudden, the other, the, the, uh, the other voices, the snares, they grow dim. Because worship happens. Because all you're thinking about, all your heart is saying, God, wherever you are, there I want to be. And worship happens and you begin to do the impossible. Like peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Then then I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who's strengthening me because I'm worshiping. I'm caught up in worship. I love that story about Peter because he saw something, he responded to something, he stepped into something, and he experienced something none of the other disciples saw. And so today we're going to pick up there, talk about Peter, and the title of today's message is revered versus revealed revered versus revealed i wanted to be that's good john but i couldn't make it make sense so i said you know what lord not my will but yours it's not all about what i wanted to say so revered versus revealed and we're going to go to matthew chapter 16 we're going to start at the 13th verse through the 20th i'm reading the new king james version and i want to explain to you something that's happening Jesus is interested about the word on the street. Jesus is like, I want to know what the word on the street is. And you know the reason why I believe that Jesus wanted to hear what the word on the street was? There's many reasons. But one of the reasons why Jesus wanted to hear what the word on the street was is because he wasn't having the same conversations with the culture the way the disciples were. Maybe he wasn't mixed in with people that they saw and visited or knew the way that the disciples were. So he's basically saying, so... Uh, What's up? What's the word on the street? And so let's read it. Verses 13 through 20, it says, then when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now listen, let me admit something to you. <clears throat> For a long time, I thought Jesus was just talking to Peter. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I literally just thought that Jesus was talking to Peter, but do you know that this was a group discussion? Right. Come on. Everybody was there. Everybody was involved. Okay, I just want to say that out, just in case there was any other kaias in the room, but maybe there's not, but that's fine. So I feel that this is important because Jesus decided to be, Jesus desired to be their biggest influencer, Is there any parents or mamas in the house that would love to be their child's biggest influencer? I know that I am. I would love to be the biggest influencer in my child's life, but I know that I may not be. Because there's a culture out there that's competing for their attention, their focus, and their affection. And Jesus is saying, so what do they say? He knew there was another culture that's competing for their attention and their uh, their affection. So Jesus asked about the phase. He asked about the phase. He say, what they say, what they be saying, what they say, and then what they say. See, you got to be careful when you take the temperature of the days. Because the days can come back with some pretty crazy stuff, you guys. Like when you say, oh, you know what they said? What did they? No, I don't want to know what they said because I'm not sure I can hear it yet. Sometimes if you aren't rooted in the word enough, you can actually get a little confused by the days. We got Hebrew Israelites, we got Jehovah Witnesses, we got Buddhists, we got Unitarians, we got all kind of different people of the days telling us what Jesus Christ is or is not. Before you ask about the days, you need to ask about the you. Instead of recanting and telling me what they say, tell me what you say. There's always a conversation with the bays, and they always got something to say, and they always got an opinion, and they always got an epiphany or a hypothesis on what they believe that it is. But you know that you need to know Jesus for yourself. This sounds like a conversation that I have all the time with my children. But do you know Jesus for yourself? What's your friend saying? What they say? What they say? What your friends say? What do you say? Who do you know? Who do you serve? Who do you follow? The same way we need to be grounded in the the Lord for ourselves, so be it. We also need to make sure our our children are grounded in the Lord for themselves. Don't let the theys take out your faith, your hope, and your confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples answered back with all kind of stuff about the theys. They say this. They say John the Baptist. Some of them of the theys said Jeremiah. Some of the theys said Elijah. Some of the theys, the theys was saying a lot, but the theys was missing it. But it wasn't until Jesus asked about the you that the room grew silent. Now, I'm not sure, but I like to to, to speak and preach in humility, but that probably would have been me. Because first of all, one thing I know about Jesus is he's like, you know, like he asks a question a certain way and it's like, you can be like, oh, I think I know the answer. But then he's like, no, that's wrong. I mean, like Pastor John does it all the time. He'd be like, oh, anybody know what righteousness is? I'm like, yeah, he's like, no, that's wrong. Oh, Okay. (laughs) So maybe they grew silent because they were like, okay, I got to really get this right. But when it came to the you, everybody grew silent. But when they asked about the bays, everybody had an answer. So after a little period of silence, Peter answered up. The same guy that walked on the water. The same guy that saw Jesus out there. The same guy that said, hey, wherever you are, let me be. So Jesus, I mean, so Peter answered and said, let's, well, let's read it. Let's read it in verse, uh, verse... Uh, Verse 16, Peter said, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Hold on. Hold on. Why was Jesus so excited that Peter would answer that way? Sometimes we, we see uh, in, in scriptures that Jesus was, in, was interacting with people all the time. Nicodemus, the rich young ruler, all of them, they came to him and they tell him about their big long resume and stuff. And Jesus was like, I'm not impressed. But here it is. Peter answers back and Jesus is like, eureka. I mean, he probably didn't say that, but he was probably thinking that like jackpot. Jesus got excited when Peter answered this way. Peter was, Jesus was thinking he's getting it. He's got it. Not too many things excited Jesus the way that he got excited when Peter answered this way. And this conversation strikes Jesus in a way we don't see him often doing all throughout the gospel. And then Jesus says something very profound. He said, flesh flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Now, see, if you're reading the scripture, you can easily read over this part and you'd be like, whatever, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Like, don't you think that's weird? Don't you think that's weird that they're traveling with Jesus the Christ for a lot, I mean, for years for a long time, and it never crossed their mind that he might be the Christ, that he might be the Messiah, that Jesus would be excited that Peter would answer in this way. They didn't see him do cast out demons. They didn't see this guy heal people. They didn't see this guy turn a little boy's lunch into a buffet, a, a, a J.J. North for everybody, and it never struck them as odd that this might be the Messiah. This was a big deal. Let me tell you why this was a big deal, because the Holy Spirit was not yet given to the, to, the, to the church. The Holy Spirit had not yet come. Now, for some of you, maybe you need to come on Tuesday nights and be in Bible study. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit is a big deal. The Holy Spirit is like the best gift that, that, that God can ever give to his children. Why? Because it reveals Jesus. It reveals the Christ. It reveals the Father. So we have these people that are operating on sheer word knowledge, right? Which is great, but how do many know that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. We're talking about people that knew the word but had no power. That's how we have Sadducees and Pharisees and Sadducees seeing Jesus and completely missing it, but they know all the word, but yet they're on the wrong side. So here it is. Jesus is super excited about Peter's answer. John 16, 12 through 14, it says this. I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. You know why you couldn't bear them now? Because the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come, which means you don't have room in your mind and your heart to receive it. You won't understand it. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine, therefore said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus is saying, this is a big deal. Peter just called me the Christ outside of, and the the absence of the Holy Spirit being here on the earth. I believe the same way a parent gets excited because a child gets up and says this moving speech about how much their mother has, has blessed them. Or maybe a child gets up on Father's Day and a son tells a dad how much he's impacted his life. All of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I've been toiling, I've been praying, I've been leading the best way that I can. I've been speaking the word over you. I've been performing the word right before your eyes. And all of a sudden, I think they might be getting it. And Jesus was having this moment. And I believe that this was a blessing unto the Lord because I believe that it was a gift from this father. Like, just keep going. The church is on its way. Just keep going. The Holy Spirit is on its way. Just keep going. You shall be revealed as Christ. Just keep going. Jesus saw a baby plant peek its way through the hardened, barren ground that he'd been toiling for I don't know how many years. After years of watering and speaking over it, and laying your life down over it, over and over, over again, here we see Jesus excited because there's finally looking like some increase. Are there any parents in here? Raise your hand if you are parents of teenagers. God bless you. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations. Yes, God bless you. Years and years of talking to your children about Jesus. Years of trying to make sure that your life was laid down in a way that it will reveal the Christ in you. Years of reading your Bible, asking the Lord, Lord, just let them walk into the room while I'm praying so that it can splash on them. Lord, save my child. Lord, let them know you and see you and and love you and admire you and adore you the way that I do. But do you know there's no words that you can give to give that? It has to be through the Spirit of God. And here we have Jesus, who I believe parented the disciples in a most beautiful way. That all of a sudden, he sees Peter answer in a way that warmed his heart like, My child has probably warmed my heart thousands upon thousands of times. When they say, Mom, I look up to you, or Mom, whatever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm baiting for compliments today because it's Mother's Day, so I'm just going to try to just throw out a bunch of stuff I want them to say to me later, but Jesus was blessed because here it is. It looks like increase. More than I desire to win the lottery, more than I desire for my kids to be some famous doctor or whatever it is that the world might say, might say looks like a successful child, I want my child to know Jesus. I want my child to know them. Like not just know them on the outside, not just check the box if I went to church, but know them in a way that they will position their entire life to please him. And I believe it was Jesus's life, the way he lived, that testified of who he was to Peter. Maybe the other disciples didn't see it. So let's read verses 16 through 17 one more time. I have to scroll back up one more time. Verses 16 through 17. He says, you are, And uh, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he said, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth on, on, uh, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus, after hearing Peter's response, was so excited that he blessed Peter in a way that only he could do. He blessed Peter by not just saying, oh, good job. But he says, you know what? Because you saw me in a way that other people didn't see me, all of a sudden I'm going to change your name. Because maybe for you, Simon represented the old man that used to be cussing on the boat anytime somebody tried to cut him in the fish line. I don't know. But from this day going forward, your name shall be Peter. And upon this rock, I shall build my church. Do you know what that probably felt like to Peter? Don't forget, this is still a group discussion. All the disciples are still there. They're still hearing all of this. They're still listening to all of this and here it is that Jesus is blessing a blessing Peter in a way that no one else is experiencing or taking or, or taking a, a part in there's nothing like it when you get into your worship when you get into your prayer closet and all of a sudden God just starts speaking identity over you purpose all of a sudden he starts changing the labels that people laid on you and the things that you've done and the mistakes that you made all of a sudden all things become new behold all things are come new right I will, I will get, make you a new creation. All things are being made new because worship happens. There's nothing like it. When we begin to seek after God... In a way that nobody else is, he gives us identity and everything else makes sense. Reminds me of Matthew 6 and 33. Seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You wanna know who you truly are? Why you're made here? Why you're created? Why you're on this earth? Seek thee first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You wanna know why uh, why you got this job? Why you didn't get this? Why why you was placed in the family you were placed in? Seek thee first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You wanna know what your Things are what your callings is what you're anointed to do how you're supposed to change the world seek thee first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you you want to know what's next in your life seek thee first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and all these things shall be had added unto you what happens when worship happens in your life what happens when you begin to worship in the midst, in the middle of turmoil Whatever, what happens when you begin to worship in the middle of uncertainty? What happens when you, des- when you decide to worship in the middle of your family who's acting like they are stone cold crazy and you just begin to worship? What will happen? For too long, Jesus has been revered. I feel like he was very respected by the other disciples. I feel like he was very disciples by many leaders and religious leaders all around him, but he was not revealed as the Christ, and that's the difference. They respected him as rabbi. They respected him as teacher. They respected him as leader, but they didn't see him. He wasn't revealed as Christ, and there's a difference, and the difference was worship. It sounds like a form of godliness. Second Timothy 3 and 5, it says that you have a form of godliness, but denying its power... A form of godliness, but denying its power. Do you know if you take Jesus, but without the Christ, there's no power? There's probably some Jesus's in here right now. Anybody named Jesus? What's up, Jesus? But outside of Christ, there is no power. Okay, I'm going to take a little side road. Just a little quick, little vintage road. Not everybody calls me pastor. And that's fine. If you want to close that door and receive from me in that way, that's on you. But I know one thing, the anointing and the calling is on my life. But it takes us in humility to open that door and say, God, if you're going to speak to me through that woman, if you're going to speak to me through that life, God, I'm going to have to submit to what you've done. Everybody saw him as Jesus, but everybody didn't see him as Christ. Remember when he went to his hometown? The Bible says that they was like, that ain't no, he ain't no, that's Ever that's jesus i know his mama i know his i know his grandma his auntie was here yesterday and do you know what the bible says the bible said that a bunch of people was left unhealed a best, a bunch of people were left unchanged a bunch of people were still left and chained why because they saw him as jesus but they didn't see him as jesus the christ When we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power that God has placed in your life, it's on you that you're not growing. The Bible says that they that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. If you're not flourishing, maybe you need to find out what you've shut your door to. Because God's spirit is here. God's power is here. Maybe you're just calling him Jesus. Maybe you need to change your language. Jesus Christ, I submit to you. And whoever it is that you're placing in my life to speak to me don't be one of those people that are left unchanged. James 2 and 19, it says, you believe that there is one God. Well, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Do you understand this? Do you understand the words that are? Do you understand this? That nobody's negating Jesus. Nobody's going to tell you that he didn't exist nobody's gonna tell you and try to erase because he's too big to erase he's too mighty to try to do away with do you know even the demons know who Jesus is it's not about knowing it's about allowing him to be revealed in your heart and that is the difference do you know a form of godliness is the new normal we've all been talking about this new normal let me tell you what the new normal is, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Everybody got a God. Everybody. Everybody got a God, like, like Teslas now. Everybody got Tesla? Y'all got a I don't have a Tesla, but everybody got a God. Everybody got one now. It's like back in the day when uh, like iPhones were a big deal, and so like a couple of people would have iPhones. Now everybody got iPhones. Now it's like no big deal. It's like, you got a God? I got a God too. My God says that. Well, my God said, well, my God said it's okay to do, well, my God told me to do this. What kind of God? Everybody got one. A form of godliness, denying the power thereof, is the new normal. Everybody has a Jesus. It's just not Jesus the Christ. So who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Don't tell me about the things. Don't tell me what they're saying in social media. Don't tell me what they're saying on, on your podcast. Don't tell me what they're saying in your book. Don't tell me about the things. Tell me about the you. Because that's what's going to make all the difference in the world. Because the form of godliness is the new normal. Everybody, yeah, I love God. I love God too. My, I mean, my kids, the moment anybody would say Jesus like one time or God, have, have be like, Justin Bieber is saved or, or, or R. Kelly saved. He said God. He said it, mom. He said it. He's Christian. Yeah. A form of godliness is the new normal. Be careful about the days. Yeah. Yeah. Outward behavior with no internal renewal. It's like everybody knows when to slip the hand up. Right. Everybody knows the Christianese language. There has to be something different about you on the inside. There has to be something revealed in your heart to make you different than all the rest of the days. 2 Corinthians 5 16 it says in Christ we become new creatures. Old crusty thinking. Yeah it's passed away. That's done. That's like old stuff. Yeah first second Corinthians five seventeen. Old appetite, all appetites, all old desired, it's all passed away. Why? Because you're not just new and have a form of godliness on the outside, but you're new on the inside. God has been revealed in your heart. The revelation of Christ changes everything. We got to be careful checking ID for Jesus at the door. We need to check for Jesus the Christ. Jesus' whole purpose was to come and be the way so that God could be revealed in the hearts of men. The same way John the Baptist made a way for Jesus, is it also safe to say that Jesus was making the way for Holy Spirit to come? It was John the Baptist, he had a work, and then Jesus, he had a work, and then Holy Spirit came, and he's doing a work still to this day. But he couldn't do his work unless Jesus did his work. Do you get what I'm saying? So Matthew 11:27 it says this, "All things have been delivered to me." by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Peter said, you are the Christ. I'm trying to sh- prove and, sh- and talk to you guys about how big of a deal this is. Do you know the meaning for Christ means the anointed one's anointing? The anointed one's anointing. Christo. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Greek word is like Christos. Uh, the anointing is an oil. It's a substance. So if you were to anoint something, you would pour the oil on it. So if something is happening to cover or to, to drape or to touch and to, uh, and to cling to, to tether to something, that means that it's anointed, like a, a salve or, or a balm. It's like something that, 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 that clings to your skin or clings to whatever it is that you're placing it on or pouring it on or, or stepping into. Nothing is anointed unless the oil comes first. Listen, nothing is anointed unless the oil comes first. When there's no anointing being applied, put upon, placed on, or stepped into, Jesus was excited because Peter knew that he was Jesus, the anointed one. There was plenty of other Jesuses in that day, just like there's Jesuses around here. There was plenty of other Jesus around there, but Peter saw that there was a distinct difference between this Jesus. He is Jesus the Christ. Christ isn't a name you just go around loosely calling people. You don't just be like, what's up, Kaya Christ? No, we don't do that. No, because the anointing, the Christ means the anointed one. You won't find people calling one another Christ. There were many other Jesuses, there were many other rabbis, there were many other gods, there are many other kings, there's many other kingdoms, and there are many other religions to this day, but there's only one way. There's only one Christ, there's only one way, there's only one truth, and there's only one life, and that is through Jesus Christ. Amen? And it has all been established through Jesus Christ. Let's read John 3, 16 through 18. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son, the Christ. So Jesus blessed him He blessed Peter. He gave him identity. He changed his name. He said, upon this rock, I shall build my church. God's church is built on nothing less than this truth, this premise today, that it's Jesus Christ. We are followers of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the one who was, who is, and who is to come from the line of the tribe of Judah, the cornerstone of the builders couldn't reject. Jesus ate with the disciples. He fellowship with the disciples. He had deep discussions about uh, theology and the law and can somebody do this and can somebody do that, but it never came up about the Christ. It's interesting because it reminds me of some of our prayer time. It's like we're spending time talking about things that aren't going to change us on the inside. We're saying, Lord, but I really want that car. Lord, how about you let me get that house? Lord, you know, it's like all these things that are like kind of like frivolous. It's like, but what happens when he's not here for you to answer those questions? Never had they seen him as Christ, the rabbi, Jesus Christ. And in verse 20, he commanded them to not say anything about him being Jesus Christ. Now, that's one of the places that I think is very odd, don't you think? Because they went around preaching the gospel, And what do we know about the gospel? Jesus Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. But he's telling them, yeah, we're going out preaching the gospel, but don't tell anybody I am the Christ. So what were they preaching? What were they saying? Were they going around? What were they going around saying? Jesus is challenging the disciples with the same assignment that he's had and governed his life with before the coming of the Holy Spirit live out the gospel, speak of the goodness of the Lord, speak to the poor, uh, release those who are in in, in bondage and God, the whole, through the Holy Spirit will reveal Christ. Amen? Amen. John 6 and 44 says this, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Do you know you guys were all invited Sometimes we can think that we're so smart and we're so holy and we're so great that it was our idea to just come to church and get saved. Do you know that you had a personal invitation through the Holy Spirit? Do you know in your own carnal, fleshly nature, you don't seek and reach out for a holy God? It's the Spirit of God that draws you. So I want to let you know something. Even though you might think that you are discarded, even though you think that you are forgotten, you have been invited today by the Holy Spirit to come and let your heart be changed and touched by Jesus Christ, amen? So listen, back in my day, me and my cousins, we would pray, play church all the time. We would play church. We'd set up little fake pews with the pillows and the, and the chairs, and of course, everybody would wanna be Mama Betty. Everybody would wanna be Mama Betty because she was the most memorable character, character in the church. Some, some people would be the deacon, some people would be the pastor, some people would be the worship leader, but everybody wanted to be Mama Betty. And the thing is that she would always say, my God's been good to me for me to sit on my praise. If I got breath in my lungs, I'm going to give God a shout. I didn't get it then. She was always the loudest thing in church every Sunday morning, every Tuesday night, every time we were there for prayer meeting, she's shouting and, and crying and screaming all of heaven down. And it was her steady pursuit to get to church, to perfect her worship toward a perfect God. And now I know. Now I understand. The same way Peter saw Jesus in a way the other disciples didn't see, it changed his complete worship. It changed his pursuit in a way that nobody else's would change. And I feel like the disciples, the same way there were church members that stood around Mama Betty and didn't understand why she was being so loud, why she was being so demonstrative. maybe Mama Betty was Peter that stepped on the boat and saw how God sustained her. Per peace that surpasses all understanding peace that didn't make any sense maybe mommy Betty was the one that woke up every morning not even realizing how the lord is still breathing life into her body and so she's like i guess i'm on assignment again to give him my praise and to give him my worship when jesus christ has been revealed in our hearts our praise and our worship it's different it's not stagnant the way that so many people around here they're so they're so calm You know, they're just like, oh, I just want to have a nice, quiet day of church. I just want to just go and just be around the people of God and just lift up maybe about two amens. But when Jesus has touched your life in a way that you don't even, it doesn't even make any sense. It changes the way that you worship your Lord. When Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one has been revealed in my heart, I've never been the same. My praise has never been the same. You can still see the residue, the shininess, the uh, the residue of the oil on my life. I know where the Lord has brought me from. I can still see the oil on the life of my daughter who was 18 months old when the doctor told me she wasn't going to make it. I went to that prayer room and I prayed all of heaven down. The doctors looked at me and said, we can't help her. She's going to die. Her lungs are full of infection. I said, but if I can just get to my father... Do you know the very next day there was life in her face? She's been, she's been fine ever since. The doctors can't understand what happened to the infection. What happened to it? Jesus happened. Jesus happened. Worship happened. Worship happened. What happens is when the doctor gives you a sad report, you think the immediate response is to do a sad cry. But what happens when worship happens? In the middle of things that don't make no sense, what happens when you hot lift up a hallelujah when the situation doesn't call for a hallelujah? I'm going to step on other, some other people's testimony right now. I can see still see the remnant of the oil on Jericho's life. When he was young, do you know he drowned? And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, "Place your foot upon the rock." That baby put his foot down and he poked his head out. God's oil was on his life. What happens when worship happens in the middle of a dying situation? Your praise and your worship, it changes when you come on the outside of it. I can still see the residue of oil on Pastor John's life. That every time he gets up, he makes excuses on why he can't form senses correctly or, or why he's twisting his words back and forth when he doesn't have to make any excuse. It's the residue of oil on his life. God's been revealed in my heart because of that. What happens when worship happens in the middle of a dying situation? I'll never forget when he was in the hospital, and he couldn't even say his name. The nurses were calling me for him, and he's on the phone. He's trying to communicate to me, and I didn't know what he was saying, and I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're trying to say, and there were people at my houses. God bless the the Johnsons were coming to comfort me, but there were times I'd go up, and I'd leave, and I'd go to my room, and I'd get in my bathtub for whatever reason. My bathtub, that was the threshing floor, y'all, in the bathtub. I'd step into the bathtub, you guys, and I'd meet Jesus, And I say, Lord, I know this situation don't make no sense, but I'm going to lift up a hallelujah to you anyhow. I'm going to lift up a glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to remind myself that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, that you didn't bring me here to leave me. So I worshiped him in situations that didn't make any sense. Maybe you have situations like that, that left you completely changed on the other side. Atira, I'm going to close. And the thing is that this is the beauty about being in the house of the Lord. When you don't just flourish from the testimonies that God's given you in your life, but the testimonies he's given you about with people all the way around you. I don't know how many people would come to me after Pastor John's two strokes and they would say, Kaya, I just don't understand how you to get on Facebook and you just give us an update and you just be like, okay, praise God. Well, this is what we're praying about and we're going to do this. And God, Pastor Kaya, I just don't understand how you can have that kind of resolve. They expected me to be a mess. They expected me to sing a song that matched the, the, the occasion. But instead, I lifted up a hallelujah. I know my God is good. My God was good then. My God's going to be good now. Because I knew about the residue of the oil that was on my daughter's life. I knew about the residue of the oil that was on Jericho's life. I knew about the, jer- the residue of oil that's been on my life. I knew about the residue of oil that was on Mama Betty's life. And so therefore, I stood flat-footed and I said, I know who my God is. I'm going to live up a hallelujah. I don't care what the enemy tells me to do. Because the enemy is always trying to, to encourage you with a sad song. Like Job's wife, curse your God and die. Oh, I'm going to make a better song. My God is good. My God is able. He shall not fail. My God is the God of the second chances. He is the alpha and the omega. My God is a healer. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Java, He is Jehovah Shalom. Sometimes you got to write your own song. Don't you let nobody tell you what to sing. Don't you let nobody tell you how to feel. I don't care if your family is falling apart. I don't care if it feels like you're about to lose everything. Slip up a hallelujah. What happens when worship happens in the middle of our most craziest seasons? We see Jesus in a way that nobody else sees him. Listen, I know how good my God is through every experience that I've been through. I've seen him in a different way. seen my God move on my behalf I've seen him heal my body I see him sustaining my husband I see him continuing to rescue us he didn't just rescue us but he's still rescuing us that's why I'll lift up a hallelujah I don't care how bad it gets once Jesus Christ has been revealed in your heart you are never the same Today I'm asking you to worship not just because God's been good now. I want you to worship because God has always been good. Maybe we need to have communion and you need to remember about the testimonies. Do you know it is the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony that we defeat the enemy? We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Some of you have forgotten your testimony. Some of you have forgotten how good God's been, how faithful he's been, that he's come through for you, that he's made a way out of no way. You've forgotten it. You know why? Because I could tell in your worship. You've forgotten the way that God rescued you from the pit. You know how I know? Because I can see it in your worship. You worship him like you're doing him a favor. No. No. Paul says I will be even more undignified than this when people have been to places of despair and hardship the death and the valley do you know it changes you when you come out on the other side holding the hand of Jesus it makes our worship peculiar because people can't place their experiences with what you're doing and it doesn't matter you know why? Because the fear of man is a snare. No longer will I allow somebody to trap my praise of my holy God. No longer will I care about what somebody says about how loud I'm shouting. Or how about how furious I'm worshiping and dancing before the Lord. Christ has been revealed to me. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation mama betty's life revealed that to me and unfortunately more so now that she's gone home she's still teaching me she's still leading me in worship sometimes i sit and i just i'm just full of tears because i'm thinking about how much stuff she pushed past to still raise up a hallelujah that disturbed all of hell Because she still left up a hallelujah that disrupted all the stagnant places in my heart. It irritated me. It irritated every religious spirit that was in the church. But when you come on the other side of hardship, you don't care. By way of osmosis, I did not encounter the Lord. It was in my experiences where Jesus was revealed. It was in walking hand in hand with some of you and your experiences that Christ was revealed my life and Jesus said upon that truth upon that rock upon that premise I will build my church God has built this church not because we're all here together but upon testimony upon testimony upon experience upon experience of how God has been revealed in our life Jesus said that's what I'm going to build my church upon today And so today we're standing on the foundations that God has been good, he has been faithful, and forever he shall be. Amen? Amen! That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.